everything we're attempting to do rises and falls on prayer. It doesn't rise and fall on vision. It doesn't rise and fall on our ingenuity. It rises and falls on prayer. Hello and welcome into this edition of Radio BNR. I'm your host, Chris Turner, Director of Communications at the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. And today we have our Executive Director and President, Randy Davis. And this is a milestone podcast because this is a milestone anniversary. Randy, welcome into our podcast. Thank you so much, Chris. Well, Randy, you have come up on 10 years as executive director and president of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, official July 1st. And it has been an action-packed 10 years, uh, more good than bad for sure over these past 10 years. And that's what we want to cover in this episode of Radio BNR, is just the journey over the past 10 years. And, And really, your journey is really wrapped up in what's happened with Tennessee Baptist and the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board and and just the way that everything has just moved forward over these 10 years in kingdom work. Uh, but probably the place to begin is to go back to the beginning. So just talk a little bit about your calling, because you've talked about how uh, you were perfectly content being a pastor and serving in a local church, and this was not something you were looking for. So how did you wind up here? Well, Chris, uh, that is a that is a, quite a long story. If we were to go through all of it, it was very much a God thing. And I had pastored for 34 years. Jeannie and I both were very, very happy in Sevierville. God was doing some incredible things at that great church. And uh, we saw ourselves finishing out our ministry there, uh, although we had quite a while to go. And uh, then um, the search committee started talking to me, and they asked me to pray about submitting my resume, and that was the very first step of consequences when we started praying about if God was in a move uh, to serve our Tennessee Baptist Mission Board and to serve Tennessee Baptist in this broader uh, perspective. And there were two things we asked the Lord for. We prayed for a very clear call. We didn't want to miss God. We didn't want to wonder if we'd done the right thing. And the second thing was a compelling reason to leave uh, the local church pastorate and work with the Tennessee Baptist Convention. And God did give us a very, very clear call. God called us to be doing this. Uh, Jeannie was always trusting me to hear from the Lord and, you know, for her to leave our our home, and for her to leave just a big circle of close friends in that local pastorate and very close to our staff there, and uh, it would have to take a clear call, and that's what God gave us. Yeah, and you've you've talked about that uh, Jeannie's prayer was that she would be close to grandkids, but uh, I think you said her expectation was that they were going to come back to East Tennessee and not move <laughs> you. That's exactly right. Um Sitting on the pew at the church the last Sunday we were there, I told her that this move was her fault because she had been praying <laughs> we'd live near the grandkids. And we had one at the time. And over this decade, God has given us three more. Yeah. And we've been fortunate that uh, all four have lived near us, and we've enjoyed being around the kids and the grandkids. Yeah, absolutely. Well, definitely one of the things that you came into this position with was a definite heart for evangelism and discipleship. 
as both of those have been uh, primary uh, uh, aspects of your ministry over these years. And so uh, just talk a little bit about how those two things really have gone into what have become the five objectives that we, we talk about and that our state convention um, affirmed in 2014 at the annual uh, summit meeting. Well, the, the um, biggest thing is when I, you know, the call became very clear very soon. The compelling reason to be doing this, we were open to, and within the first few months of working in this position, I discovered that uh, baptisms across the state, the number of people saved, baptized, and set on the road to discipleship over a half a century had declined uh, dramatically. And I could not understand why that had declined by 33%, and yet the population of the state had doubled during that same time period. And God really burdened my heart about evangelism and discipleship. It was uh, after we'd been doing this for about three and a half to four years, God um, just burdened my heart the fact that we needed a clear target to shoot for as a network of churches. What do we want to do together that's going to impact eternity? And the thing that um, you know God just gave us was clarity on it and uh, simplicity. Uh, we have three reaching objectives, and that has to do with people being saved, baptized, and set on the road to discipleship, revitalizing churches that are going through a period of of not being healthy, and uh, then planting churches. And the resourcing of these objectives with the increase in cooperative program giving and golden offering for Tennessee missions was very important. I had had a friend tell me, uh, Randy, in the position you're in, you don't want to set a goal and put a date to it. Mm. Uh, You won't survive it. But where I came out was it's not about Randy surviving. Uh, It's not about the TBMB surviving. It is about advancing the Great Commission uh, to the point that a culture and a society is impacted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and when you talk about those uh, reaching objectives and those uh, resourcing objectives, you know, we especially have seen some great movement in the um, uh, revitalization. Uh, more churches now probably than ever have, are in some kind of systematic uh, revitalization process. And uh, we also have seen some growth in the uh, the the new churches, especially when it relates to ethnic churches, just talk a little bit about how the the ethnic diversity that has come into not only to be a part of the Tennessee Baptist Convention with churches, but just what you've seen in the transition there. Well, that early on was a uh, uh, a target was to see churches revitalized, and we've had. Steve Holt, Bob Brown, now Kevin Minchie, all leading in that effort for us. And we have had um, hundreds of churches that have gone through or are presently in a process of revitalization. Some of them have had restarts. Some of them have been uh, become campuses of other healthier churches. But nonetheless, uh, we've seen hundreds. Uh, I want to say I uh, haven't seen the latest figures, but we're somewhere around 350 churches to our goal of 500 churches that are experiencing wow. some level of re- revitalization. And the church planning, 
um, we are seeing um, more churches planted now than ever before. And the greatest, uh, as you mentioned, the greatest percentage is toward ethnic churches. We have the world moving to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have seen in the last few years uh, several churches with a target of Arabic-speaking people. We have had Russian churches. We have had uh, churches really from ethnic groups from around the world started right here in Tennessee and becoming a part of our network. Yeah, and you know we look at that ethnic uh, diversity across our state with, I believe, the, the last thing I saw was like 145 different people groups uh, living here. And then among those 145, like 40 of them among the world's most unreached, so we've talked a lot about uh, through our GOTM promotion and some other things that any way you slice it, Tennessee is a mission field. And that's really become something that, that's really been a part of your desire to see Tennessee be reached is the whole idea that, that any way you slice it, we, we are a mission field. So when you, when you think about um, the, just kind of where we've come with the five objectives, uh, that a lot of that really kicked off with praying across Tennessee. Just talk a little bit about what that journey across this state, all 95 counties, uh, 2014, actually 2013, 2014, um, that whole thing was planned. Uh, the bell from Sevierville, just kind of talk through your vision for that and, and uh, what that meant for you uh, being executive director to make that journey. Well, we, we have traveled a great deal these 10 years. We have, um, I don't know exactly what the figure is, somewhere around 400,000 miles in Tennessee that we've traveled. Uh, we have been to every county more than once. But in 2014, got you know, everything we're attempting to do rises and falls on prayer. Mm. It doesn't rise and fall on vision. It doesn't rise and fall on our ingenuity. It rises and falls on prayer. And so we wanted to just have some prayer rallies across the state, meet at the courthouse and pray. And it did not matter if it was uh, three or four people or if it was uh, two or three hundred people. We did have some places where we had about a half a dozen, and we did have some places where we had 160, 180 people gather. All total, about uh, more than 6,000 people met with us uh, at the courthouse to pray. And um, two things I remember most about that time, it's always good to hang out with Tennessee Baptist, and I love hanging out with Tennessee Baptist. That's what I love to do more than any aspect of the ministry I'm now involved in, is just sitting down at their table and talking to them. But uh, when I was in two different counties uh, in the rural part of Tennessee, The exact same thing was said by two different people. Thank you for coming. We thought we'd been forgotten. Mm. Or um, they would say this is the first time someone has been here from the state office, which I have a – I think they just – maybe the first time they've ever met anybody. Our staff's good about spreading across our state – but I don't want anybody anywhere in our state to ever feel like they're forgotten, and we need to stay in touch. And the praying across Tennessee was one of the richest experiences of my life. 
And uh, any time, like last year when we did our listening sessions across the state, we met with about 650 pastors and ministry leaders, Mm -hmm. uh, it impacts our work. It is not just a matter of having some face time with these folks. It is a matter of listening to them to discover what the needs really are at the local church and then doing all we can to serve the local church in, in helping them meet those needs. So, yeah, the tour across Tennessee with the bell that we borrowed from First Baptist Church, Sevierville, one of the oldest churches in the state, and the, uh, the truck we had wrapped in the prey across right. Tennessee, it, it was just a, a lot of fun. Ringing the bell of salvation, I think, is what we, we called it. Well, you know, obviously that whole idea of going out with Tennessee Baptist um, and being with them, uh, and, and you've just kind of seen that continue to reap a, a benefit uh, one of the other milestones that you've talked about is just seeing a, 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 an incredible unity uh, among Tennessee Baptists. Our past several um, uh, annual summit meetings, especially with the Sunday night service, just just talk a little bit about the unity you see among our churches and the direction that people are going, and especially as it relates to that five objectives, and then just uh, maybe the part that you, the summit has played in the past few years and in, in what, what, how that's become a milestone. You know, um, one of the intangibles that's so important in doing Great Commission work is the fact that uh, the unity is so strong as we move ahead. This world is doing everything it can to pull the church apart. Mm-hmm. And yet here in Tennessee, we've enjoyed a season of tremendous unity. In the 10 summits, uh, conventions that we have had, uh, there has not been a, a convention we left without feeling this is a unified convention. There have been two occasions in which we've had discussions, and there have been people on, on um, both sides of a proposal or an idea that have expressed themselves in a manner that um, was disagreement, but they were not disagreeable. There was civility, there was kindness, there was compassion. So I think our convention has uh, exemplified the unity we feel across the state. Uh, Several years ago, we started having the Sunday night worship service where there was no business, but leading up to the convention, there was a Uh, the Sunday night worship service, and that idea came from a group of pastors in the association where we were, that was hosting the convention. Can we just get together and hear some good preaching and singing? And my, what what a difference that has made. It sets the tone for the entire two or three days that we are together. Yeah, that first one, uh, we kicked off at the summit in Sevierville, and Dr. Gaines was our, uh, Steve Gaines was our Sunday night speaker, and Boy, that whole week uh, was just uh, a real, real great week there. And um, I think our theme that year was connected, about connecting churches to their community. And I will tell you that, um, you know, we had about fifteen or 1,600 at that first one. Uh, at the same time, simultaneously, we're having a, a church for different language, uh, worship service for different languages at another venue simultaneous to that Sunday night service. And uh, that has been attended extremely well. We've had seven or eight different languages interpreted at these meetings. Mm -hmm. This year in Brentwood, 
the two groups are going to be coming together, and I think it's going to look a lot like heaven. Yeah. I'm expecting 2,000, 2,500 people to be at that Sunday night service and uh, probably a dozen different languages being interpreted. Yeah, it's really been some uh, significant movement over these past several years with just the racial diversity and uh, the, the, the coming together, the growth of ethnic churches in our state. Um, well, one of the things that has really been a major transition about five or six years into your time was really the culmination of, of a long process of the building that was the Baptist Center for decades in Brentwood and just the sale of that property and, and kind of the culmination of that long journey and then really kind of where we are today, just talk a little bit about the, the, that whole process and then really how that's kind of followed on with some other things that have happened that really have put the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board in a solid financial position. Well, the process, as you mentioned, was started uh, several years before I came on as executive director by my predecessor, Dr. Jim Porch, as well as our administrative director, William Maxwell, to uh, sell the building. That building had 88,000 square feet. It was uh, expensive. It had a couple of million dollars of deferred maintenance that needed to be done on it, and uh, it needed to be sold. And uh, we finally were able to get the sale done, and we spent uh, three years in a temporary location and then built the church support center here in Franklin at about 30,000 square feet. So we downsized and right-sized, and uh, because of the great stewardship of those that went before us, with the sale of the property there in Brentwood, we were able to completely pay for this building, so there's no debt on this building. Now, in 2010, we had the 1,000-year flood across Middle and West Tennessee, and um, we had just broken ground on the mission mobilization center in Mount Juliet that houses disaster relief and and uh, Baptist builders. Uh, it's a 20,000-foot warehouse and a 10,000-square-foot office facility and training facility. And then the flood hit. The flood not only delayed the building of that building, but it uh, pretty well destroyed the tabernacle at the Linden Valley Conference Center. A uh, very beloved old uh, worship center mm-hmm. there. And so we were able, with the help of a lot of volunteers, uh, build them from all across the state, build the Mission Mobilization Center in Mount Juliet. We were also able to build a wonderful multi use facility chapel over at Linden. And uh, both of those buildings we moved into without incurring any debt. And then we just, uh, in January, paid off the remaining debt on our two conference centers. And so right now, the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board is debt-free. We also have been able to really enhance our Baptist student centers across the state, those buildings that we own, and they're in the best shape they've been in in decades. And so uh, we just praise the Lord that God has supplied us to be in this financial position. You mentioned the Baptist Collegiate uh, buildings. 
uh, some of those are just in such strategic locations on campuses across the state, such as at, at Knoxville and uh, you know uh, uh, Clarksville and, and some other places. Uh, just talk a little bit about the the BCM ministry and just kind of the the importance of that that you've seen in these years in reaching kids on campus. We've got about three hundred fifty thousand college students across the state of Tennessee. BCM campuses, uh, BCM ministries on more than 20 campuses. Why is that important for Tennessee Baptists to have that presence? It is one of the most pointed missionary opportunities we have because mm-hmm. on these public university campuses, you've got uh, students coming from all around the world. Mm-hmm. And then when these students, whether they're from Tennessee or Tanzania, when they graduate, they're going all over the world. We have an opportunity to win these young adults to Jesus, and we have the opportunity to disciple them. We've seen students saved uh, in the last several years from Saudi Arabia, from Yemen, from China, uh, from all over the world. Uh, We have a great army of uh, Baptist collegiate ministers, missionaries, servants on these campuses that are doing a phenomenal, phenomenal work. Well, one of the things that really has helped with Baptist Collegiate Ministry and its effectiveness is the not only cooperative program supports that, but our Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions is also uh, an important part of helping Tennessee Baptists have that presence. The Golden Offering has just gone crazy over the past several years. Just talk about that. We mentioned that earlier when we talked about five objectives. But just talk about why uh, Golden Offering and the increase and and just how that has impacted ministry that Tennessee Baptists are doing here in Tennessee. Well, it is a offering that goes right directly to ministry, no personnel, um, and it goes right to ministry. It uh, helps us keep up these facilities across the state on campuses, the uh, A large portion of it goes to church planning and church revitalization, but also compassion ministries across the state. We've got a great need. There are pockets, large pockets of poverty in Tennessee, and the Golden Offering goes a long way uh, to helping our churches help in these impoverished areas serve the most undeserved people. And God is is granting. I, I remember a few years ago when we received an, an, an endowment of $1.6 million for the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. So God's blessing. We had a small piece of property on Vanderbilt. The, your BCM at Vanderbilt is one of only two private pieces of property in their whole complex, and they wanted to buy... Uh, a little strip of land off the back of our land, and Vanderbilt paid over $2 million for that little strip of land. That money, the bulk of it, has gone into an endowment for uh, collegiate ministries right here in Middle Tennessee. And uh, I thank the Lord, again, where God guides, God provides. Mm -hmm. We believe in this ministry to university students. Yeah, and you just think about, uh, as you mentioned, just the— with the focus that our G, our BCMs have on discipleship, right, we, we really are fulfilling that first objective of uh, seeing people saved, baptized, and settled on the road of discipleship. But there really is that missionary aspect of of that. 
And one of the things that you know really is an outgrowth of that whole idea of seeing Tennessee as a mission field that has been started in these past several years is the City Reach Initiative. Just talk a little bit about wh- why that's important for Tennessee Baptists and the opportunity that they, they still have through City Reach. For the better part of four decades, Tennessee Baptists have been involved in partnership missions. They were the first state convention to partner with the IMB uh, to have a long-term partnership overseas, help our churches get connected with missionaries, and we've done very well. If you were to ask the average Tennessee Baptist what are the best things we're doing, and uh, one of the things that always surfaces to the top is partnership missions. Well, um, when I came into this position 10 years ago, I really came to understand that Tennessee is a mission field. And as a pastor in East Tennessee, I didn't realize how uh, global the Middle Tennessee, Nashville area was. I didn't realize the needs of, of West Tennessee. And I quickly learned that uh, in our state, there are different needs all across the state. Uh, I also know that some of our greatest churches in partnership uh, missions comes from rural areas of Tennessee. And our vision was that we connect these strongest churches in different areas of Tennessee with some of our population centers like Memphis, Nashville, Chattanooga, Clarksville, and Knoxville. And so systematically, churches have been doing that and connecting with these associations to do ministry there at home. And the byproduct of this is going to be that churches more than ever see Tennessee as a mission field. And you do not have to get on a plane and go across an ocean in order to have an international missions Mm -hmm. experience. You can do it right here in Tennessee. For sure. And uh, so... That the, the, that City Reach initiative has been very rewarding and helpful. Yeah, and there's definitely no shortage of opportunity uh, in those initiatives, and people can still um, contact those those cities uh, to to engage in that. Um, you know, we've we've been fit with a couple of challenges here. Twenty, your tenth year has has not been without its challenges. <laughs> uh, coming into 2020. Uh, we started off the year just great with cooperative program, and really it looked like 2020 was going to be a milestone year in a direction that has not materialized because it's presented us with some other challenges. Uh, two of those things have been the, the whole uh, COVID-19 situation and what that's uh, caused adjustment, not only for us here at the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, but across our churches and then really a lot of the racial unrest that we've seen. Uh, let me just start with the racial unrest aspect, but I want you to just kind of talk about both of those in the context of, of really this being part of the 10th year. Uh, a couple of years ago, there was uh, some white supremacy groups that were looking at moving into Tennessee, and you held a press conference, and you had uh, a diversity of people that, that stood with you that represented our churches. Just talk a little bit about uh, your heart for that representation of, of different people and then just kind of how you see us as a Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, not just now but moving forward uh, in, in dealing with that in our culture but also in supporting our churches. 
Well, I think that from time to time you absolutely have to let your voice be known. And uh, the white supremacy groups were radical that were going to come into Tennessee, and that did come into Tennessee. And we wanted to draw a line in the sand about here is a biblical perspective on the fact that uh, everybody's created in the image of God and that Jesus Christ died on the cross for everyone, for the whosoever wills. And there is no group that is that has a supremacy to other groups. The ground at the cross is level. Uh, all of that preaches really well, but it's not just a matter of preaching a message. It's about living a lifestyle. And if we're going to reach our, our neighbors, we've got to love our neighbors. Uh, if we're going to reach the nations, we've got to love the nations. And it is a matter of the heart. Um you know, we've done one press conference in the 10 years I've been here, and the press conference we did was addressing uh, the great racial divide and just letting folks know where the biblical stand was. Uh, I thank the Lord that God had his hand on that. Mm-hmm. The Tennessean was here. They picked it up and wrote a story. It was picked up by USA Today. It was picked up by the L.A. Times. It was picked up by outlets all across this nation and all across this nation, people heard where Tennessee Baptists stand on mm-hmm. this issue. Yeah. And they heard a clear call uh, to where the gospel is. And I'm thankful God used it like he used it. Absolutely. And, you know, that that has has piled on to some some degree with the whole COVID response. One of the words you've used a lot in the past couple of months is the word pivot. And you know, we've got we've had our plans and churches have their plans, but but when the COVID hit, everybody had to adjust in a hurry. Just talk about what you've seen come out of the COVID and the impact that it's had, not just, you know, on on us here at the TBMB, but what you're seeing with that with churches. Well, uh, what I've seen is that uh, churches have been very um, creative and churches have focused on their mission and focused on taking care of of the sheep. Uh, And it doesn't matter if it was a rural church or a city church. It doesn't matter if it was a church of 3,000 or 30 people. Every church during this time quickly put it into high gear, how do we do ministry in uh, a pandemic that no one has ever faced before? Mm. And I was so proud and am so proud of all our churches have done. Uh, It is remarkable that at this point, uh, the churches have continued to give through the cooperative program at a rate that just shocks me. Uh, It is amazing that GOTM, you mentioned it a while ago, the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions, has grown over the last six years from about 1.4 million to nearly 2 million, and we're on our way to 3 million. The Golden Offering at this point is still running ahead of last year. Wow. It's still on a record pace. Um, Bruce Chesser, the president of the TBC, talked uh, in a meeting earlier this morning about the fact that their church is going through Uh, They went through a time of redirection where everybody on their staff did something different because of COVID-19. They're going through a recovery phase where they're ministering to their church members and staying in touch with them. They will go through a reset stage 
and then later on in a rebuild stage. Mm -hmm. The thing about COVID that has happened, the Lord laid on our heart at the very first night this thing became a reality, a verse out of Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19, where God said, let go of the old things. I'm about to do something new. It's going to be like a river in the desert and a highway in the wilderness. And uh, it's caused us at the TBMB to reevaluate everything we're doing. And uh, it really has birthed a commitment and courage in my heart like I have never had to do that which is priority. And uh, we do a lot of good things, but we've got to let go of the good things to do the great things. Uh, We've got to let go of some things in the past that God has done back there, but he's not doing now in order to do some things that we desperately need to do uh, for the days ahead. Yeah, when you think about where you were 10 years ago, and probably thankful COVID did not hit then, because you would probably say that, that there's been so much transition, not only in the TBMB, but just across our convention that, that really the Lord has done a work to position us for such a time as this. Well, that is absolutely right. Uh, we may, we've made a big deal over these past 10 years about our mission, uh, which is making Christ known by serving churches. We've made a big deal out of our core values of relationships and innovation and stewardship and excellence. And those have become guiding principles during COVID. And the churches that are doing really well right now are the churches that remember their mission and hang on to their core values. So God has positioned us not just financially, but uh, theologically and philosophy to hang on to our biblical core values, our biblical mission, and to uh, move through this because of that. Well, one of the things that you have had a heart for is is education and supporting our pastors and continuing education and those types of things. Tennessee Baptists have a long, rich history in, in uh, equipping and training. Um, one of those institutions uh, that was set aside for that was uh, Carson Newman University. Um, and we, we're looking at both Carson Newman and Union uh, over the past few years. Of course, Dr. Fowler coming in at CNU this past year and Dub Oliver at Union. But our two universities really seem to be in harmony with each other and with us to the point that, that we're looking at doing some interesting and new things in the future uh, that also include your vision for Ministry Training Institute. Just talk a little bit about that educational piece that, Tennessee Baptists have always had a a vision for? Well, you go back to our charter, and our charter speaks about Christian education, missions, and uh, benevolent or compassion ministries. That's what uh, our network of churches desires to be about. Uh, At the very first convention, on the second day of our convention, the very first one, Union University became a part of us. And then soon thereafter, Carson Newman became a part of us. The first name of Carson Newman was Mossy Creek Missionary Baptist Seminary. Uh, our, church, our, our schools or institutions have always had a heart to train those going into ministry, and they still do. 
in this new day, we, we are working with the universities to, uh, to see about how they can contribute to something that we're calling Ministry Training Institute. It will be a, um, an initiative, a new initiative for Tennessee Baptist. Uh, we started working on it two years ago. This fall, we'll be presenting the details of it to our board and then um, our convention. It's not going to be another educational institution, mm-hmm. but what it will do is focus on offering to our pastors uh, online tools that will help them do ministry. There will be a certificate component to it if somebody wants to go through a formal process toward that. Uh, we hope that it will be tied in with our two universities where we can collaborate uh, on how to train these pastors. But the other components have to do with um, mentoring, getting getting our pastors face-to-face with other mature, successful pastors that can help mentor them, and, uh, and then possibly moving into the place where we are uh, have a system of internships at good, healthy churches, those going into ministry, serving in these churches, and gaining some incredibly valuable experience. But it's not just the equipping and the educational part. Uh, we have a great need to focus on the pastor and the ministry leader's mental, emotional, and spiritual and physical health. Um Right before COVID, I attended the funeral of one of our pastors that took his own life. Mm. This was a pastor that had battled depression most of his adult life. Uh, From the exterior, he was successful. He was a good pastor. He was a good communicator. He was a good administrator. Uh, But he lost that battle one time, and he took his life. Mm. And uh, that's not the first time that's happened in my 10 years. And, and um, our pastors are under such an enormous stress and pressure. And we want to provide an avenue by which we can help the health of our pastors and ministry leaders. And that's probably why, what I'm so excited about for the years ahead that we have a laser focus on our pastors and ministry leaders. We want them to know they're not alone. We want them to know that there's someone that wants to provide a uh, helping hand uh, to encourage them, to equip them. And I'm looking forward to the TBMB being at the forefront at that as we do it with a whole lot of excellence. Yeah, the Old Testament admonishes us to remember the Lord our God and repeatedly says that. And so to take just a little bit of time and really remember God's faithfulness over these 10 years that uh, you've been executive director and president. And and just to be able to look at these milestones and see uh, all that God has done uh, through you, through Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, through Tennessee Baptist, uh, has been, has, you know, we, we need to pause and do that. But you're not one to rest on laurels. Uh, you have a vision for the future. So as you look across the horizon and the direction that uh, we're going and Tennessee Baptists are going, well, what is your vision for what you would just like to see, you know, hopefulness for what the Lord will do in the years to come? Number one, that uh, there is a spiritual revival mm. 
that uh, results in more Tennesseans coming to Jesus, baptized, and set on the road to discipleship. Number two, that we raise up a new generation of ministry leaders that have hearts that are hot for the Lord and that are burdened to see lost people saved, that know what it means to be a servant leader, and they give their lives to Great Commission work right here in Tennessee. And um, I guess the third thing, I I just mentioned it and talked about it, was that we pour our hearts and resources into our pastors and ministry leaders uh, because I think a healthy church is led by healthy leaders. And uh, that's the direction I believe we should be going with uh, the majority of our resources. Well, those are definitely uh, worthwhile um, objectives to shoot for and uh, we we really appreciate all the leadership you've provided in the past and in the future. Um, Randy, we just uh, uh, really thank you for stopping by to spend just a few moments talking about these milestones that uh, have, have definitely been important for the life of Tennessee Baptist and the long history we've had. And, you know, here's to many more years of fruitful ministry. Thanks mm-hmm. for being a part. Well, Chris, thank you. And I just want to use this opportunity to thank Tennessee Baptist for allowing me to be on this journey with them. Uh, I want to thank Jeannie for the incredible way that uh, she has walked on this journey with me as a wonderful, beautiful, faithful wife. That's my best friend. And I want to thank our incredible staff over these 10 years. I'm absolutely lost. And I'm absolutely nothing without the team we've got around us. Awesome. Well, um, we'll look forward to seeing what the Lord does in these days to come. Thank you all so much. Thank you for listening to Radio BNR, a podcast production of The Baptist and Reflector, the official news journal of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded at baptistandreflector.org forward slash radio BR. The ministries of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptist.org.